Hello and welcome to our Getting Scaried Away Oscar special. This week we're joined by the host of That's Trash with Michael Wachowiak, Michael Wachowiak. We're also very excited to share that season two of the Getting Scaried Away podcast will kick off on Monday, May 3rd. We have a lot of surprises in store for you. But until then, please enjoy our conversation with the wickedly talented Michael Wachowiak. And welcome to episode, oh my gosh, I think this is episode 40. 40. I think it's 40. We've I think it's made 40. it. I, I think it's 40 and it's a very special episode because we're taking it back to one of our very, uh, we're calling back to one of our very first episodes with a very special, <laughs> a very special mystery guest that you've all been waiting to meet. Yes. And it's still a mystery, assuming you haven't clicked on the thumbnail and followed all of the marketing to get to this episode. <laughs> and literally seen, like, you've seen the name of the episode. <laughs> but no matter. We're so excited. We're throwing it way back. And this is a long time overdue because we were we had the honor of being on this person's wonderful podcast, That's Trash with Michael Wachowiak. And oh, you ruined the surprise. Well, let's be fair. I didn't. <laughs> Here I am. I, I just, it's in the name. I can't avoid it. It's in the name. You're right. Um, not to be confused with any of the other that's trashes out there. <laughs> so. All of the that's trashes podcasts. <laughs> the series. Listen, <laughs> I wasn't, I didn't know if it, that's trash was too short. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> We're very pleased to welcome to the show, Michael Wachowiak. Hello, Hello. Michael. <laughs> So for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, you should go back and listen to one of our very first episodes with Alex Watts. It was absolutely wonderful, but the entire episode just ended up being about Michael Wachowiak. So. It, <laughs> it did. So just go back and listen to it, and then you will understand why this has been a long time coming. It was very funny for me to listen to because I was, I think I was on vacation. I like Matt and I went up to like the mountains over the summer and I got a notification when I was tagged. I was like, I'm not in this episode. When I listened to it, I was like, oh, I am in this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were, it was a feature, a true, like we must have said your name 35 times. I love it. Like Beetlejuice, I appeared. Yeah. Here we are. It's happened. Um, for those who have not checked out Michael's podcast, I'm going to get a plug right out of the gate. So... Michael Wachowiak is an actor, director, and a wonderful human being from the Western New York area. If you have not listened to his podcast, you are making a fool of yourself because it is just... Yeah, the only reason you shouldn't listen is if you just hate joy and you hate <laughs> to true. laugh. It's true. It's a I great... know, that's really like the selling point. It's like if you... But you know what? I also like am... Like, my soul is black, and I enjoy doing it. So even if you are dead inside, you can still find something. I make dead mom jokes all the time. There you go. <laughs> We're starting off just fresh. 
But no, it is not to plug myself, but thank you, Ricky. That was very kind. Yeah, I think it's it's great, especially I've had people tell me who are like busy moms or something that it's nice because they feel like they don't have to watch these things that I'm watching and they could keep up with pop culture in a way without having to actually spend the time. I watch the trash so everybody else doesn't have to. There you go. <laughs> okay, well, listen, you're doing listen the Lord's this. work, not trash, but I just need I, I need to give you a thank you. And I've been saving this thank you. Oh, um, I, I didn't message you because I knew that we would be talking. Um, and not that it's a film that we will talk about on our podcast because it doesn't really fit. But I need to give you the biggest thank you for recommending Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. <gasps> oh, yes. <laughs> okay, because... so I have, not, I have not done a full like breakdown of Barb and Star on oh. the podcast yet. But what a film oh my god Listen, the day that you posted that it's like the best 20 dollars you can spend to rent it i was like ricky we're renting barbins <laughs> like, like literally that night we rented it mm-hmm. and we did it, cinema. cinema oh my god uh, definition of the word it was so much fun from start to finish and it was written and was it directed by Kristen Wiig? No, as well? they uh, Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo, who wrote Bridesmaids, wrote this, and they star in it. There it is. But yeah, it's directed they, by Christ, some Kristen man. Wiig starred twice. She said, she did. I will play two of my characters. <laughs> she said. And I will call myself beautiful in the middle of the film. Okay, and because she is, the movie is like unofficially the fourth Austin Powers movie. Because Kristen Wiig is giving you the Michael Myers drag of playing the lead <gasps> and also playing the villain. I didn't even yes. think of it that way. Absolutely true. And it kind of is in the spirit of those movies. Like it's, it's completely ridiculous. There's like a plot to destroy the world that makes no sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's very much like just off the walls, but it it has that self-awareness of, like you said, like an Austin Powers or like an Anchorman or something like that. But it has like the, the humor and just like the unadulterated fun of something like Bridesmaids. Yeah. But you know what? It's been so long. I feel that I, since I've seen a movie like that, that's, been smart and also dumb but not super dumb you know what i'm saying and so like, smart at the same time yeah, yeah exactly and jamie dornan i'm sorry that that was absolutely his role for me 50 shades of gray could not care less oh. barb and star <laughs> um, i have not found that man useful in any way he found his purpose <laughs> he found his goal i filled out this like film thing i'm i'm a part of i had to like send in like a, a ballot i put him in my supporting actor lineup of like the best of the year i was like this yes. work needs to be recognized <laughs> yes absolutely and you know what and then i was reading some things afterwards and stuff like that and his wife made a comment that this is like the Jamie that she knows and she not that she doesn't like seeing him in serious things because of course you know like you're going to support your spouse no matter what but yeah. like but this is like his personality so she was so glad he and you could tell like yeah you could tell, you could he tell was when someone's it. having like he's having a good time like they're and, and that's the the whole movie yeah. like I, I listened to an, an interview with um Kristen and Annie and they were just saying like it, they had the best time, but also it was like a hundred degrees where they were where they were filming, and so they were like it was also terrible. Like there were like people who had to come like keep like wiping off the actors because they just like were melting. Oh my but lord! Yeah, go I, and rent Barb oh, and Star, and then yeah, also, do it. God, I don't even feel like I could say that. Ricky, cut it out if you don't like what I'm about to say. <laughs> this was her star <gasps> shining oh, moment too. Yeah, I'll have to cut that out because that was the that greatest. Is, 
Yeah. So what? Yes. We no. Can. You know what you should do, Ricky? You should bleep it so that people oh. <laughs> so that people want to know what we're there talking about. There is a cameo in this in this piece that is incredible. I just loved it. I, you know, it was just. I'm glad I didn't tell you to waste your money. I wish you got to own it. Now it's annoying that you just had to pay twenty bucks to rent it. But I'm happy that you were able to have that experience. It's a beautiful moment. But anyway, um, we are very excited to have you on because we're talking about something uh, super fun and super unique that we really haven't touched much on 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 this show at least Mm -hmm. so michael why don't you tell us the way i described it primarily because poor emily blunt has yet to be nominated as like oscar adjacent actresses so either actresses who have won oscars or who typically star in what we'll call like prestige films Mm -hmm. who have also done horror movies and kind of a lot of the ones that we've that i know we were talking about are like quite good like we, we aren't even talking about like you know some of those ones that don't work like these are all quality horror films thriller films that um succeed mainly because of the women in them yes Yes, we love that and we've got a great list of movies to to talk about and uh, a few of them have been have been mentioned on the show before but a lot of them we've just never really dove into so i'm really excited what was it that that made you initially want to want to talk about this like what what was it that sparked this idea so i'm kind of a baby and like i don't watch like what I'll call scary movies. Like I just don't do it. And so what always gets me in is like, I would have never seen Hereditary if not for Tony Collette. I would have never have seen A Quiet Place if not for Emily Blunt. So it's those, and that's like what, that's also what the directors and the marketers know. They're like, oh, we're going to put this like, this like woman who people go and see everything in. And then we're going to put Mary Poppins in. (laughs) A hundred percent. Or like, I mean, I probably would have seen us because I liked Get Out, but like putting Lupita in it, I was there opening weekend. Like, so it's yeah. it's that's sort of the, the where I adhere to. And like, again, these films are not really that scary, but like I rewatch some of them and they scare the shit out of me because I'm a, I'm a baby. So uh, this was kind of like <laughs> what I had to offer to you two of like, I'd love to be on. And this is the only thing I can talk about. <laughs> but also, I'm it. just someone I, I, I give me an award show. I like I love shit like that. So I just love knowing that like Emily Blunt won a SAG award for A Quiet Place. That's cool. Like I love just knowing that shit. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's yeah, and it's it's really not that often that any like type of horror movies or people in horror movies win for roles in horror movies. You know, like horror is no. not typically like recognized as much in award shows and mm-hmm. so i think that that's really but the only one i can think of that has won is jodie foster for silence like yeah, for silence yeah. of the I, lambs i think um, you're right i don't remember if anybody from the exorcist won that might be another one where i i i there, i may be wrong but definitely jodie foster is the only person i can think of who's like one for just a, a, a movie that we would consider a horror film yeah and that was gosh that feels like so long ago now i mean it really was so long ago um yeah but yes, Linda Blair won Best Supporting Actress, there you go. a Golden Globe, and it actually, The Exorcist did win quite a few awards. Oh yeah, The Exorcist is like, until Science of the Lambs was one of the few times that horror was recognized at the, at the Academy Awards in like a legitimate way. Yeah, and then recently, which, you know, some people don't necessarily consider it to be horror, but I thought it was, it was definitely a thriller was, um... Literally just left my brain. It was like, <laughs> well, I know. Well, we have we have Black Swan on the list, which I rewatched that one. That one's just a straight up horror movie. But maybe what yeah. you're thinking of is people. A lot of people consider The Shape of Water um, like uh, fantasy 
kind of like sci-fi that kind of fell into this bucket which yeah uh, yes and no like i it has the elements of it but because it was a guillermo del toro movie so it mm-hmm. that's kind of like what it had but yeah, it's no, not I'm, yeah i'm thinking of um it was all subtitled parasite Par- parasite. parasite yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah there we go yeah well yeah that's definitely a thriller and gets and gets a little scary there parasite was in a really interesting um because you and i have talked about this before and oh when we did our uh, decade in review or whatever oh, yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Parasite made my list, I think, or it, your list. And I, in my head, I guess I just never saw that movie as a horror film. But then, you know, you you watch it in a certain way and you think of it in a certain way. And it absolutely is. Like, especially in, you know, more moments over others. But um, people secretly living in your home in a place that you don't terrifying. know where they are is terrifying. Well, and also, of if course. you want to get really, like really heady about it it's not only a horror film in the straight up way of like someone's literally like living in that entire basement sequence is terrifying oh my god it's also about like the horrors of like our socioeconomic systems and how like the two families are living in such like disproportionate ways Mm -hmm. like literally like it's they are at the bottom of the oh yeah like he just like says like we're gonna make them live literally in a basement to like make it like subhuman it's it's so smart it's so smart um so to see a movie like that get so well received i think was a really it was important for the horror genre because it's like hey like this kind of stuff is being made Mm -hmm. and it's being made really really well yeah so i think that also opens up a whole other discussion about you know just i guess horror representation in uh the the awards circuit you see it you know i think in more award shows over others like yeah some award shows are are definitely more open to it and i i think some of the you know members just agree with or um not agree with it but identify with it it a little bit more yeah i think that's it too because a perfect example of this and not not to put these two like in the same category but you know uh last year at the oscars um the as the races do, things start to solidify. You start to go like, okay, like these, you know, these these four people seem to have slots, and who's the fifth slot? Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And for a while, it was kind of looking like it was between Lupita Nyong'o for us getting in, or Cynthia Erivo for Harriet. Yeah, and uh, Lupita was winning lots of critics prizes, but the uh, something that people don't know is like none of the critics are in the Academy. Like it's two separate things. So mm. all those awards that get announced, like LA Film Critics, like they might award Lupita, um, but they're not they aren't the same there's not a crossover there mm-hmm. um and so lupita got a sag nomination a lot also because like that's her actors a lot of times like actors can recognize that a horror movie is the same as any other movie and right. so they're like oh like i don't care what the movie was she was good in it but yeah. then when it came down to the oscars they went with cynthia who is fine in a not very good movie and so like, sure. you, you 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 could see in there the default of like here's an actress doing something daring and like mm-hmm. something interesting and here's an actress doing a fine job and something boring and they went for the boring route because that's just what when you when you collect eight thousand people that's kind of what they're gonna do and us wasn't perfect like i mean get out's pretty perfect us of what course, jordan peele yeah. was doing which was amazing was he was he was going for something bigger and when you take a bigger mm-hmm. swing not everything is gonna is gonna hit but like 85 percent of it hit there were a lot of mm-hmm. open questions at the end but i yeah. should have de- i mean lupita should have been in the conversation she played two characters for god's sakes the screenplay like uh, so much of it should have been in contention and just never 
It just never was, which was very mm-hmm. interesting. They just kind of it came out early in the year, and that's another thing that people sometimes yeah like true t- to write off because the same thing's happening to the Invisible Man right, right now with. Um, it's been a while since that film came out and I didn't mm-hmm. love everything about it, but like Elizabeth Moss is fabulous, but no one's oh, yeah. really even mentioning her name. And I think part of that's because it's, they view it as like a genre film, mm-hmm. but she legitimately gave one of the best performances of the year. I just, it's, it's so weird. I really can't genuinely cannot wrap my head around how you, you mentioned the word genre film. Um, and it's true. Like genre films such as this are weirdly overlooked, weirdly mm-hmm. overlooked. And I, I don't, I just don't understand why, because it's pretty easy to recognize great acting when it's in front of you. But in horror, I, it's such a, it's a a weird conversation because horror is known for being very elevated and very high stakes and intense. So that demands so much from the, the people performing. And we, I think we touched on it a little bit, but I want to know more about what you think it is about the horror genre and the actors in the horror genre that, the, the Academy is just like, why, why should we pay this any mind over this new Matthew McConaughey movie? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I mean, to what you said, arguably, I think it's maybe even harder sometimes. And I've never acted in these films. Mm-hmm. But w- thinking of how movies are made, the stakes are so much higher. But often they're having to create the stakes. You know, again, I just yeah. watched Black Swan and I had not seen that movie in maybe eight years. And I did not realize like how it is basically an hour and 40 minutes of like unrelenting terror. And I just, that just didn't pick up on me the first time. And so much of the work that's doing that is the score and the cinematography. And Natalie Mm -hmm. Portman can't see any of that. She can, you know, I'm sure she could hear them. Like they, I'm sure um, they just use the Swan Lake music, but they like make it more scary. I'm sure she heard it, but for the environment uh, of, yeah. yeah, And that's what makes that even, I was even more impressed watching her again, because I'm like, she's making this performance without any of that. Right. Um, Same thing for like, Again, I don't think this movie was very good, and this isn't exactly a horror movie, but you do look at something like what Joaquin Phoenix did in Joker. He shouldn't have won that Oscar, but he was creating something out of without having all of that aesthetic around him. And so I think that yeah. in, in in the horror genre, I think that's what's impressive to me with the with with the actors. That was something I thought when I watched A Quiet Place of uh they're they're creating all these rules of the world, but none of them are real. And so there's almost there's almost more you have to do. You have to mm. hit all these things that you just don't need to do in a movie when it's four people talking in a room. And that's why I think oftentimes like with actors or some groups like that, like they can identify it more. Yeah. I just think that and I think it's I think this is dying out. They've been adding more and more people to the Academy and these and these awards bodies. And I think I think it is kind of that word genre I use gets used as a dirty word in multiple ways. A mm-hmm. genre film can be a horror movie. It can be it can be a rom-com. It can be a sci-fi movie. And people don't want to look at it as legitimate or like the mm-hmm. work in there is, you know, it'll be nominated for like four tech categories, but then they'll ignore the top ones. And the work there is just as good. And yeah. often what you find and the Academy's moving to this next year. And so maybe we'll start to see more films like this recognizing the top category and stop me if this is like boring i just know too much of this information the (laughs) way you vote for best picture is you put five movies down um for your not for your nominations that's how you do it right right now and then Mm -hmm. uh a movie has to get five percent of the in total academy to be nominated and right now it's a sliding scale from five to ten movies it's basically mathematically impossible to get five or ten so you normally end up with like eight or nine a couple years when they expanded it it was a straight ten 
And with a straight 10, they had to write their 10 favorite movies of the year. And that's when you get fun stuff. That's when you mm. get District 9 popping up. Right. That's when you get animated movies popping up. And so I, the Academy is moving back to that next year. They're going to go to oh, the straight cool. 10. Great. And so I think that that might open it up again because you have movies, um, you know, like last year. Again, this isn't a horror movie, but like Knives Out would have been a Best Picture nominee last year. Mm-hmm. Like it was oh, yeah. clearly it was clearly the 10th the movie that just couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you do that, you just you just get more fun stuff. And so, yeah, I hope I unfortunately I don't remember what the second half of the question was, but I, <laughs> I, I think that as more people start to do these films and I don't I don't particularly care for him. But someone like what Ari Aster is doing with Hereditary and Midsummer, where he is what I'm, I'm going to say attempting because I don't I don't care for those movies. But what he's but what many people think he's doing very well is putting a, a more like uh, what we'll call like cinephile lens on these things and mm. making a movie like Midsummer, which like some people think is excellent because it's it takes those these kind of traditional horror concepts that we know and puts them in the veil of like a prestige film. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, think he, I don't think he does it very well, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> wow. Well, you know what? Um, I regret to inform you that, ah! uh, <laughs> that we love Ari Aster. <laughs> hey, no, listen, people, people love him. And we, and listen, we can talk about hereditary. We can have that conversation. Well, it's, you know, I, I really am curious, like with, with hereditary because with someone like Ari Aster, you're right. You're going to get people who are on like two totally different camps. He's not going to be a middle ground guy. You're not going to exactly. get anybody Correct. who watches. You're not going to get anybody who watches, which I prefer. I prefer someone who makes a movie oh, yeah. where I'm like, that's awful. As opposed to <laughs> meh. He's not going to give you meh. And yeah, I, no. and I appreciate that. And I will say, I do like uh, hereditary more than Midsummer. Like okay. I, that's, I, that seems to be the, the sort of general, I think even for, for people who are fans of, of those two movies i think people more often than not gravitate toward uh hereditary Mm -hmm. so while we're while we're on the topic of hereditary um tony collette let's Mm -hmm. talk about her so rhiannon and i both plan we plan to do a whole i i guess sort of deep dive into hereditary and midsummer and sure yeah and that sort of thing but i want to know your opinion on uh Tony Collette's performance in that movie. Okay, so what I first will say, trivia round, do you know, speaking of horror, do you know what Tony Collette's only Oscar nomination is? Sixth Sense. Yes, and she was a surprise on the morning. People weren't expecting her to be be nominated, but the film obviously was another movie Mm. that actually was embraced. Um, But anyway, so that's just a fun fact. (laughs) So Tony Collette, I must say, I I cannot speak about my hereditary experience without saying that I sat next to Charmaine Chi and (laughs) lost my fucking mind the entire time. Because like, oh, like there. Oh, my God. Just I, 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 I. I can't even say the things that we that we were saying because like someone will try to cancel us. It was I would I would pay to have that experience again. Oh, my God. Hereditary. And I'll just mention this to get into her performance. I just felt like I was sold like I was sold a different bag of goods and that like hindered my experience. It was like, oh, it's the scariest thing since The Exorcist and blah, 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 blah. And what I found was that it was like a two hour family drama with like some crazy shit in the last like 20 minutes. And maybe if I had not if I had known that going in, I wouldn't have cared. But Mm. I will say Tony Collette is exceedingly good in that in that movie. And she she holds it together in a way where I 
I don't love that movie. And so I fear without her, I don't even know if I like would have finished it. Like mm. if I was watching it at, at, at home, because she has the ability to ground things. And then like, like the, the, the dinner table, when she snaps, it somehow doesn't seem like overacting. Even though, like, yeah. you could argue maybe it is, but it doesn't seem that way because she's made you believe the stakes of the situation. Of course. Yeah, and she, absolutely. I mean, she can literally do anything. And I w- that year, people were hoping she was going to be nominated. And I, again, didn't love the film, but I was like, she should. She was great. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it, the films like that should be recognized. Like, that, the, the, yeah. the film, films like that need to, be, need to be lifted up and acknowledged as, like, legitimate because the work she did in that movie is leagues better than half the work that other people did that year. Yeah, yeah, and she did a lot of it just kind of like on her own, right? Like even when you saw just her inner turmoil, like in the room looking through her mom's stuff and, uh, you know, like there were so many moments where she was alone and she had to like get herself there. Mm-hmm. And, and I wonder if I wonder if I watched it again, if I'd feel differently because now I know what I'm seeing. And so I mm-hmm. probably would like it better because I probably would not be looking at what it's not. And would be mm. like just enjoying it for what it is, but I don't know if I have that in me. Yeah, time. you know, I think I mean Ari Aster is definitely it's like trauma porn, right? Like all everything that he does is just so deeply rooted in like grief and in in like the worst of the worst traumatic events. Right. Yes, and in the worst ways. Like you know, it it's not just you lost your daughter. It's you lost your daughter and you found her headless body in the back seat of your son's car after he took her to a party. Like, you know, so it, I shout mean, out to shout out to Millie, to Millie Shapiro, a Tony yes. winner. She was one of the Matildas anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you love absolutely. to see it. Oh my God. She was excellent in this movie without she, having yeah. to do really much. And it was she like was a true, <laughs> it was a true Drew Barrymore scream moment where we all thought she was going to be the, the whole like, movie and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden no 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 bye bye have you the seen first the thing minutes? on twitter where they p- people post the four the four pictures and it's like they put like her head and then like the bodies on the other side <laughs> and they put the two i can't describe it but it's basically just a joke about her getting her head chopped off and it does yes. make me laugh every time oh no God. i've never seen it I'll, I'll send it to you yeah, yeah, yeah thank you you can't watch the movie the same way after you see one of those memes um <laughs> But and then, that that part is shocking in the movie. Oh god! And then when that and then when that, that the, then that boy drives home and gets in his bed, I was like, "Oh, girl, you got you got to say something." But yeah. it's like, but that is like, I mean, I'm not saying that that's what I would do. I have no idea he's what in, I would do. He's but in it's, shock. But it yeah. is like the the deepest of the trauma responses. Like he refuses to even look in the in the mirror in the back seat. And he doesn't even want to say anything to her because he knows she won't answer like that kind of stuff. But then he does the same. Yeah, exactly. And so then he does. I mean, Ari Aster does like the same type of thing with Midsummer, where we're like, okay, we know this girl has like a sister who has some um, mental health issues. And then her entire family dies in the most horrific way. And so that's the thing he's and that's why I think maybe not all of, but part of the reason that Ari Aster is so polarizing is that some people don't want to like live through that trauma for three hours mm-hmm. of the film that he's made. Oh yeah. And yeah. he released the director's cut of Midsummer. That's like a full 45 minutes longer. And I literally yeah. shared it. and was like, this sounds like my personal hell. 
<laughs> we own it. We watched it. Uh, we did. We did watch it. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's I, literally I'm not like trying, four I'm hours not trying long. To like yuck the yum. I'm thrilled. People love it because like I've watched Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Like fourteen times. It's not great, but like I mean, I, I actually think it's great. But like you know, what I mean, like people love what. You, like I, yeah, am, I am thrilled that you watch that. <laughs> I, that way, like it truly like it makes me happy. Like I am happy that that because like I've watched three hour versions of stuff that like I know nobody else wants to see. So I love. That yeah, you I wonder. That. I wonder if maybe if like we can convince you to do like a commentary track of you just watching oh, the four hour long cut. Watch it. Yeah, the that full, is something I would the do. The full one. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to make that happen. But. And that's again my issue with Midsummer is shockingly not the like, not the killing of like the boyfriend. Like I'm yeah. assuming anybody who listens to this has like seen Midsummer, so sorry. Oh, yeah, we've spoiled but, um, it plenty. Yeah, I, the the killing of the boyfriend is not the shock. It's not what uh, I, I get that. I, I literally wanted that to happen. I, I could not care less about him. I don't think. I think he thinks he's making a big meditation on grief, and I don't think he actually says anything mm. about it. And like that's just my take um, of no, the I parents part. I think he succeeds in the in the. The and the one thing I will say about that movie as well is it is the first time I have seen a movie that is scary in the daytime. And that's yeah. not and that's not easy. And I that's think true. I think that's what I took away from the film is most impressing me when I saw it was, OK, I'm not loving this, but I, I need to see what happens. And I'm mm-hmm. scared and it's bright. It's like the brightest sun ever. And that is yeah. impressive. It very much has that sort of Wicker Man quality to it where it's all in broad daylight and it's all happening right in front of you. That's very, very uncommon for for horror movies. But, you know, it's funny, too, because Midsummer I think, also falls into this category of Oscar-adjacent... Florence horror. V. Pugh, Oscar-nominated for Little Women. <laughs> yes. Florence Pugh! <laughs> <laughs> Dating... Was she, doesn't she date Zach Braff? Uh, she does. Ooh. Yeah. Good for him. Mm-hmm. I truly, um, truly. Yes, because there was a whole, like, controversy on Instagram about their relationship, and she, like... And she was like, I don't fucking care about any of you people. Like, I love my boyfriend. I don't care if we are a hundred years apart. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, she's in she's in Midsummer. So the question is, who is he going to next? What 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 actress is he hitting up next? So uh, I don't know about actresses, but his next film is set to star Joaquin Phoenix. So okay, well, you're those are going two, to hate it. No, but you know what? Those are two. Those two we weird ass people deserve each other. You know what? Do you know who they should put in the movie just to make it the weirdest trifecta ever? His wife, Rooney Mara. Those are two oh, weird fuck. people. Make that movie. Yeah. Wow. The Joker with the dragon tattoo. The I cannot jo- wait. There is a little. Ricky, note. make that movie. There is like a movie that no one has seen because the Weinstein. It was like one of the Weinstein Company movies that like was set to be released when all the stuff came out about him. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just like fell to the wayside. There was a Mary Magdalene movie in which she plays Mary Magdalene, and I'm pretty sure Joaquin plays Jesus. They probably want to no. forget that that one happened. Anyway. Oh, that's gonna be a no for me. Dog. I Are won't forget. Oh. Yeah, I'm looking it up. Mary Magdalene. What the fuck? I told you, I didn't lie. <gasps> Oh, oh yeah. we need to we need to find this movie. Oh yeah, oh, I'm God. I'm watching it tonight. Oh oh, look at him. <laughs> Is does Joaquin <gasps> play Jesus? Was I correct? Oh yes. Oh, oh he does. We love a white man playing Jesus. Oh, it's 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 so brave. <laughs> so brave. <laughs> this, I listen. Uh, the drag queen Trixie Mattel. She always says. She always says, "Can I say something controversial yet brave?" Which I just find <laughs> very funny. 
I love it. Yeah. Um, all wow. right. Well, okay. Well, we know what we're watching. After well, we're this. for sure this watching great. that tonight. <laughs> oh fuck! Cancel all of our plans. I'm calling into work tomorrow. Watching Mary Magdalene. <laughs> now that's trash with Michael Wachowiak. Now, I can't wait. Now that is trash. Now that's that's trash. trash. It has a forty-five percent on Rotten okay, Tomatoes. Okay, but okay, wait, wait. But let's talk about something. John Tucker Must Die, one of my favorite movies of all time. Iconic. Iconic. Has a twenty-nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and this absolute fucking garbage has a 45 percent rotten tomatoes you're trash rotten tomatoes is deeply problematic they also hate movies that are written directed and or star women so it's just generally we're starting a a rumor rotten tomatoes hates women (laughs) oh it's not a it's not a rumor it's like actively accurate okay yeah i didn't care for like I didn't care for it at all, but like if you look at the audience score for um, I Care A Lot, it's like negative four. What? Oh my yeah. God. I've definitely lost. Rhiannon harps on me all the time because whenever she says we, we should watch a new movie, I, I have a bad habit of looking up. He's like, oh, what we people, got a 40% of Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm like, I just want to know what people have said about it. But here's, okay, here's the thing though about, about Rotten Tomatoes. The movies that you actually want to avoid are the ones that get like a 60 you want to watch the ones that get like 60 and above and like 40 and below. It's Thank that you. 40 to yeah. 60 where you're like, that's going to be a middling movie about nothing. Truly like a very safe film. I think what the problem is, is that Rotten Tomatoes, the, the critics that rate for Rotten Tomatoes are definitely people who have not left their homes in 40 years <laughs> before no. well before the pandemic they've been working from home they've worn the same shirt for five days in a <laughs> row they have chips stored in their shirt pocket and then it's just very inconsistent because they're like yeah maybe i'll watch this movie and eh, didn't like it i'm gonna rate that one and then they're like but i'm not gonna watch this one and i'm gonna let all of these other people rate it so there's no consistency no. i will say a pro, a pro tip i don't if i if i am curious you can scroll down where it lists all the reviews and you can click on top critics and those are only mm-hmm. the people who like work for magazines and such which again yeah. doesn't mean like their opinions may also be trash but at least you know that they're not well right now they're probably working in their basement but you know that they're not you know some like random ass man who like we're going to get so many two-star reviews from me saying that all from like people who are rotten tomatoes brandon has to say something controversial yet brave (laughs) fuck rotten tomatoes yes that's the title of this episode controversial yet brave i also just want to say that mary magdalene also made 11.7 million dollars at the box office oh wow despite that's that's pretty good despite like it, yes. I, I don't even think it got like a real release. I think it got like a limited, but also can you it check? Could, was it that got released internationally. O- overseas. Yeah. There, there you um, have it. Let me see. It was released um, in the UK and Australia. And then an entire year later, it was like on the DL released here. We love that this has become a Mary Magdalene theme podcast. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Although you probably could put Rooney Mara Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, Oscar nominated. I don't know if it's horror, but it's definitely um, a genre film. It is a genre. It's been a long time since I've seen okay. it, so I really that don't. Is a I long mean, but she like movie. she like like straps up a man and like cuts up his body. Like there's some like oh, there's some fucked sure. up shit. Oh, bitch! Sure. Wow. And that's also deeply like rooted in trauma. <laughs> oh, for sure, that for movie. sure. Big oof. Before we move on from Rotten Tomatoes, I just want to mention, and I know I've mentioned it before, but I'm doing it again. Wes Craven's Cursed, one of my favorite films of all time. It's like candy to me. 
<laughs> Wait, first of all, Michael, I'm just going to say it deserves this score. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen it, so I cannot... I cannot um, be the tiebreaker here, but the right. only reason Ricky loves it so much is because it has Christina Ricci. That's not true. That's hey. definitely got it going for it, but <laughs> it it stars Jesse Eisenberg, Christina Ricci, Joshua Jackson, Shannon Elizabeth. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, she's in every trashy horror movie. <laughs> uh, my, Milo Ventim, Ventimiglia. Milo. Oh yeah, the guy from This Is Us. Yes. And Portia De Rossi, De Rossi. Portia De Rossi. Yeah, man. Oh yes, yes. yes what yes. is this film called? It's called Cursed, and it has oh. a sixteen percent on Rotten oh, I Tomatoes. It. I went to the actress that you listed, who I assume had the least amount of credits, and that was Shannon Elizabeth, and I was able to find it very fast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because Shannon Elizabeth is in American Pie. Okay, uh, I hope, scary movie. <laughs> I hope Kelly Clarkson sued. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger is the tagline. Although this came out in. 2005 yeah yeah but i have a dvd of it that still has the blockbuster sticker on it that i bought i bought the dvd off ebay because it's nowhere to be found it's not streaming anywhere like it's it's so hard to find and that's because they said we don't need to make this anymore okay (laughs) oh you're making me mad (laughs) i get that though there's stuff that i've had to buy because it's not it's not streaming anywhere yeah so so you gotta do what you gotta do but anyway Check out Wes Craven's Curse because it will change you. I will look at it. This person on IMDb, though, does call it a predictable collection of cliches. But you know what? I don't know if Claudio knows, so I will check it out for myself. <laughs> it's a quick it's a quick watch. Hashtag if, don't trust Claudio. If anything, it's just a, a fun, cheesy. There you go. Yeah. And that's something that's sometimes all you want in a horror movie. We had a bit of a sort of running list of some of the films that we wanted to touch on for this episode. And I think, I think we kind of hit on a good amount of them. However, I I don't think we really explored a lot of a quiet place. We've talked a little bit about it. Oh yeah. Um, in early on, but I mean that movie, Holy hell. I, um, I have a favorite fact about a quiet place that I need to, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast before, but it's like, it's very close to my heart. Um, when I, well, we went to see it in theaters um, and we got like the last tickets the day we went to see it. So we were in like the front row and it was mm-hmm. absolutely horrible oh because gosh. the people behind us were like crunching popcorn and, you know, it was just not the movie that you wanted to be in a full theater for. And in the front row, we're literally and, looking and up we at were the like, screen. Rrr. So breaking our necks. Immediately after I watched it, we started, you know, like deep diving into it and watching all of these subsequent videos about it and interviews and things like that. So my favorite video that I've ever watched uh, is birth portrayals in films. And it's these two midwives that watch like all of these scenes from a bunch of different movies like Knocked Up. I mean, any movie that you can think of that has a birth scene in it and they go through like which is the most accurate and stuff. And A Quiet Place was the most accurate. And I absolutely loved that because when I saw that movie, I was like, this is a very accurate portrayal of Mm -hmm. like what it looks like for somebody birthing unmedicated who also is like trying not to get her family killed by making a lot of noise. And they said that their only complaint was that the blood was a little too thin. Um, And then they said, but that could be justified by the fact that she was in the tub and it was like mixing with water and stuff like that. So that's my fun fact. That, like, nobody else, unless you care about birth, cares about, so. 
No, well, that's that's wild. One of the things about about when Matt and I saw it in the theater as well, we similarly bought late tickets and we were in the second row all the way on the side. And I remember, <laughs> again, I don't see scary movies. So I am just like petrified. I am, I am like, ah. And <laughs> it's specifically when we all know it's coming. She's going to step on that nail. Ooh, and because no. you've seen the nail and you know it's there. <sighs> and she starts to walk down and I'm going to make the noise that I made i'm sitting there and i was just going uh, uh, and matt just hits me and goes you sound like you're about to finish Shut up. and that's but what i, I always think of now completely get it oh my god i know when we were watching that even still i mean because sometimes we'll just throw it on and we'll watch it and even still it makes my stomach turn so bad because i'm like she can't even get a tetanus shot now like there's no she's just no, gonna and get she, tetanus from that rusty nail that she stepped on and and it's like and again not to i know we're just like jumping into it but on a rewatch a a sequence i forgot about i thought i remembered everything because it's not that long of a movie i forgot about after she has the baby then they put it in that like thing and then the thing floods and then she's there and then the, the 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 what looks like the demogorgon starts swimming terrifying i was yeah i watched it in the middle of the day i was terrified yeah it really is it really it really is terrifying it did such a good job of like pinpointing people's like tiniest little fears like a nail that that was the scariest thing about the whole movie give me monsters give me you know whatever but you put a nail on like out of sight from somebody walking downstairs fuck you no thank you well and and like just the that whole sequence with the nail and it's so brilliant when they set off the fireworks and then she gets to scream like the timing of that is just so cool because you also as the audience member like you need to hear noise at that point like we like you need to hear this explosion of sound because it's just been so like muffled you just have all that tension and you just need some kind of like a an out you need a release (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and uh, you know one thing that i also really like in a couple of the interviews that we watched is that Emily Blunt didn't want to do that movie. Mm-mm. Um, and like John Krasinski had offered it to her and he was like, I think this would be like fun for us to do together. And she was like, nah. And then <laughs> he had cast somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then she came back and she's like, no, I want to do this. You have to fire her. Well, cause she finally <laughs> read the script. Apparently she hadn't like, she had just like been working on it and she was like, Oh, it's that thing John's been working on. And yeah. then she finally <laughs> read the script and she was like, she said like, I will let no one else play this part. Like wow. full stop. Yeah. A- and she's, I mean, she's so good. And it's she's also like, so good. And she's, she, that woman can do anything. Speaking of someone yes. just like crosses genres, she's mm-hmm. played Mary Poppins. She does this. She's done like the Devil Wars Prada, that Edge of Tomorrow movie with uh, Tom Cruise. She's in Sicario. Like Mm -hmm. she can do anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Including this. And she's fabulous on this. But then like, how do you, as John Krasinski, like I would be like, sorry, my wife wants to do it. And literally anybody in their right mind would be like, oh, hell yes, she should be doing it. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. And I also on him, I, I, I must say I am. I am a casual office fan. Like I don't dislike the show. I think it's very nice. I've mm-hmm. never watched all of it. I've watched like half of it. I think it's enjoyable. I think he's cute in it. And so this for me was like, and I, I don't watch Jack Ryan because I respect myself. So <laughs> I saw this and I was like, okay, like you not only are like a good actor, which I already knew, 
but he's a very good filmmaker. And, and yes. I, I'm even more excited to see the sequel, mm-hmm. which he is oh my gosh, in yes. because there's some flashbacks. But he's I, I'm excited for him to kind of be removed from it and get to spend more time on the direction. As I'm sure he is, too, um, yes. because he's just incredible. And. They filmed it here, which we know, but like yeah, you know, of course. listeners might not know that like A Quiet Place 2 was filmed in Western New York. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I mean, of course, he wouldn't have written himself out if he wanted to like really be in the sequel. Right. So he's, you know, I think that he probably was looking forward to more of the directing aspect of it. And well, and you were just saying about the, the sequel. This is also a perfect example of what we were talking about before, of like studios not necessarily even knowing what they have. Like this mm-hmm. movie was made for like. $10 million and it made like over like $300 million worldwide. Like just crazy. That's the other thing about these horror movies often is they're cheap. And yeah. so people like just like make them um, on the cheap, but like then they're money makers, you know, like get out was mm-hmm. the same way. Like these movies, because people want to go to the movie theater and, and, and all jump together. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I feel like that's, that's half the experience too. When you, when you go to a, uh, a movie that you know is going to be, uh, just a great experience. You want to go with a shit ton of people uh, just to see other people's reactions. And we kind of talked about that on the on the Lisa episode. Um, you know, yeah, it's it is. It's all about the experience and the collective. I mean, because when you see any movie in a, a theater, it's like a different energy. But especially when you see a horror movie, like mm-hmm. you know that we are all there, right? to get scared together and then you can go home and watch it and like reminisce on how you felt when you saw it. And like, I think, I don't know. I just like, it is two very different experiences because we've seen so many movies in theaters that sometimes we'll go back and watch it a second time in theaters, but otherwise we'll watch it at home. And it is a completely different experience. Like Mm you have fun with it in the theaters, but then you can go home and really analyze it. This was the first time I had seen A Quiet Place since I had seen it in the theater. Because at the time, I I loved it, but I was like, I don't need to watch that again. Like, I I got it. You know what it is. Yeah. But now I'm I'm, I'm happy I did because I think think they are going to drop the sequel soonish, whether it be in movie theaters or also now Paramount has their own streaming service. So I think, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think we're going to see this movie soon. Um, mm-hmm. But now I'm happy I did because I feel refreshed and ready to um, to see. And some people did see the movie. The movie was one of the last things to screen for critics in New York and um, L.A. So people like have reviews of it written, but they haven't been able to release it yet. But there was early buzz online like that weekend that everything shut down. They say it's even better than the first one. So. Oh shit! I'm I'm really excited because I heard, and you know, a lot of people that we know got to work on it, and mm-hmm. I, it, mm-hmm. I think it's just you're absolutely right. It's really special, especially because a lot of like Western New York is kind of up and coming for film and stuff, and I don't really know what it says about us that they made like an apocalypse movie in Western New York, but that's fine. So uh, it'll it'll still be really good, but especially like such a huge box office movie like this. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've had we've had some large movies, but I think that this this is going to be the biggest thing that's been filmed here that is put out because even things like Marshall were just they were like people liked it, but they just didn't make like the big bucks. I mean, this is going to be if they're able to put it out in theaters in a real way, like in a couple months, um, this will be a a huge hit. Um, Yeah. And I mean, in the trailer, you can see the Grand Island Bridge. Yeah, yeah we love it's that. right there. It's so cool. And, 
And back to the, just to circle it back to the awards angle, Emily Blunt was nominated for two SAG awards this year for A Quiet Place and Mary Poppins Returns. Mm -hmm. The Oscar nominations come out before SAG voting ends. She's not nominated for either performance. So then she wins the SAG award, I think, because the people who are like pissy go in and vote for her. And so she... It was the coolest thing because she gets up there and she's like, what? Like, because she hadn't <laughs> been nominated for like the other big awards. So it's and it's one of the most deserved wins because she's she is that movie. Like, I I, yes. I I don't think that movie works without I don't think that movie works without any of them. Also, can we talk about a brave yet controversial to open up <laughs> your film with a child murder? Yeah. Yo, oh, my God. Oh, that got me. That got uh, me so hard. I forgot that happened. A child murder indirectly caused by another child. Also, that kid, I'm not going to say that kid deserved it, No, <laughs> but I am going to say he knew better. He did know better. He did but, know better. But that's the thing. Like, his sister gave him the batteries, but she didn't really know because she was deaf. Like, I mean, so that, it, oh, yeah, it was like a really... It, it, yeah, it was, that the opening of that movie really set everything you need to know in place so fast and you like you immediately cared for these people because you see what they have to live through well i think in the beginning it was kind of like oh the guy from the office made this this should be interesting like how good is he (laughs) at at making a horror movie Mm -hmm. you know and it's starring mary poppins like Mm -hmm. okay we'll see and then um and then they said child murder and everyone was like oh Oh. i'm listening okay (laughs) everyone was like oh okay i guess my and my only criticism of of the movie, and I think this is what we're going to get in the second part, which I'm excited about. As, as and I'm sure you guys get into this a, a lot too with um with some of the stuff you talk about. Like sometimes, if you really start to break down the like logic of things, you're mm-hmm. like, does this work? Like yeah. I do laugh out loud when they cut to his basement and he's got this whiteboard and it's like monsters. What's their weakness? Like circled, and it's like no one would ever write that. Like you wouldn't spend right, like, the time to write yeah, that like, on your we whiteboard. We know, we know that that's the question. And also, we're they asking. show like they show like newspapers that say it's sound, and I'm like, okay, but like when your printing press was going off, printing these newspapers, were you all being violently murdered? Like, I, yeah, I, and like, I, what is this? The fifties? Like, yeah. like that's your headline? We got it's monsters. It, literally, that's what it says. But again, I think that's a bit of what we're gonna get into and the, the next film is like breaking down how it looks like it's going to be a uh, a sequel prequel we're going to yes. see a bit of Correct. how things went down because that shot in the trailer of 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 him driving backward or of her oh. driving backwards is yeah i was like my heart was racing i was like oh girl yes you know what that kind of reminded me of a little bit um was the one of the earlier scenes in bird box with with Sandra her and Bullock Sarah Paulson in the car. Sarah Paulson. Yeah, that's what it kind of reminded me of a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, and I guess you could, that would also be uh, with Oscar adjacent. Bird Box Woodfall, Miss, Miss Sandra Bullock. She won her Oscar for that White Savior movie that we don't, that we don't yeah. talk about, but we're happy she has one. <laughs> Good for her. Good for she, her. <laughs> we Box, are happy she has one. Yeah. Another film that I, actually, Bird Box, what it makes me think of that is because that came out on like Christmas. Everybody mm-hmm. was watching it. And Matt goes to bed pretty early and it was Christmas Eve and I started to watch Bird Box. It was like maybe 10. And he like was like, oh, I'll sit down for a minute. He he did not leave. We were like, we were sucked into this ridiculous movie. Two and a half <laughs> hours later, we were like, why did we just watch? Because we yeah. just like, we had to know. Also, yeah, yeah. people when we watched Bird Box were like, 
people are so dumb, just stay inside. Well, I think, haven't we learned that people are just that stupid and would go outside anyway? Oh, yes. The, yeah. pa- the pandemic hmm. has taught us that Bird Box was a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> Bird Box was a prequel to what's happening right now. Correct. Um, no, but, you know, I, so, and Ricky and I have had this conversation a lot because I liked it. Um, there were definitely things wrong with it. I'm not saying that it was a great movie. Oh, no, but it was an enjoyable movie. But I liked it. Ricky did not particularly like it. Um, but what I think it was, I think that it was a very unfortunate victim of A Quiet Place because they came out so close to each other, but everybody was like, oh, it's just copying A Quiet Place. But the thing that people don't understand is how fucking long it takes to make a movie. Right. There's no way they were copying each other. They were, no. they were fully in development at the same time and it just happened to be. And, that that's, and it was just right. very unfortunate that Bird Box, like if had Bird Box come out first, who knows what people would have said? Like, would they have said A Quiet Place was copying Bird they, Box? Like, and they also are different too because Bird Box is like the immediate and maybe and I think this is a bit of what a quiet place two might be but like bird boxes we literally it's like contagion we don't we're know what's happening happen. yeah. we're figuring it out but quiet place starts on like day 89 and then jumps mm-hmm. to like over a year later like they're yes they don't know as much because there's no one to help them but like they but they've been living it we didn't see them figure out how to soundproof we didn't see them I still can't believe that 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 they got pregnant in the middle of like a monster pandemic, but um, we don't see any of that. Whereas Bird Box, it is like they're actively figuring out what's going on, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I was like a little bit pissed that they were having sex. I was I like, I mean, she probably. I, I, I was just, I was just more like, um, where and how are you not making any noise? And how are your kids not finding you? Because you all seem to live in like this one room. <laughs> it was. I had so many questions about like also how like, you got to pregnancy. And like, weren't you thinking about like, okay, there's the sex, and then you're pregnant. You, because I actually had this thought too as I was as I was watching it this time. I was like, I was like, well, you you can't like try to abort the baby because you may end up doing more harm on yourself and it might not work in which mm-hmm. case like it's going to be even worse and like but then mm-hmm. i was like but also if you have the baby that baby's gonna make noise yeah yeah babies cry that's why you don't get pregnant when there are monsters trying to eat you but good thing we built this little baby shoebox. Good, that you good thing we <laughs> built this coffin that I'm going to put my baby in A so that coffin nobody can hear it. For the baby. Also, shout out to the little boy in that, Noah Jupe. He's, he's yes. a star. He's in that. He's going to be the next Tom Holland. He's in this. He was in oh, wow, yeah. Ferrari, which I thought was fine, but he was very good in it. And uh-huh. he's the little boy from The Undoing. Oh, yeah. He's All also. Mm-hmm. He's going to be big. In, uh, he's in Honey Boy as well. He is in oh, Honey yeah, Boy. Yeah, yeah. Honey I, also, Boy. I sound like his manager in like 1940. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's going to be huge. He's, he's going to be big. big. He's, he's going to be sound. Keep your eyes <laughs> on sound. him. He's going to be big. Literally like, who, who am I? I'm like J.J. <laughs> Jameson. I love that. That's trash with J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, you know, it's it's unfortunate because we're, we're coming up on time and it makes me very sad. I know because there are things that we didn't touch on, but um oh you know what another oscar adjacent actress marissa tomei the first purge anyway oh also filmed in buffalo here we go oh i have also also starring ricky needham famous famous actor actor. in that film i will say do you know 
not, not to consistently bring up my um, fiance who isn't here, but you know what his favorite movie is? I, I would have never known this. The Purge? My Cousin Vinny. Yeah, My Cousin Vinny. But, which, like, I love that, but I didn't know when I just came home one day and it was on and he was just reciting her entire speech on <gasps> the stand. And I was like, I'm learning so much. Anyway, I'm we like, stand. We stand. Oh, my God. Marissa. I, she's the hottest aunt may we've ever had oh, oh my yes. god yes absolutely love her in crazy stupid love yeah no disrespect <laughs> to, to rosemary harris and sally fields who are who are thoughts in their own right but they're just not at the level of marissa tomei <laughs> who are thoughts in their own right? i don't yeah. really disrespect the them the classic are, spidey spidey thoughts they've given us so much All yeah right. they have <laughs> know what i'm saying we love it i love this okay well you know we have a little tradition on the show when we close it out um and i'm I'm getting this out early so that um i don't forget to do it later but we we like to give the folks at home a little bit of advice um so for example uh my name is ricky my name's rhiannon eat your vegetables and get good sleep and then you would give us your name and your very, very wise advice. Oh, oh, advice. And is this like, is this like serious? No, it doesn't have to be. Okay, you know, it's great. funny. It's funny because some people, um, some people get like, we've been laughing the whole time. And then all of a sudden they're like, and also make sure that if your pet dies, you like, they get like very, very serious. Okay. And then some people get funny about it. So whatever you want to do. I will have two things. Okay. Hi, my name is Michael Wachowiak. You should rent Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. <laughs> also, here's my second thing. Hi, my name is Michael Wachowiak. If you're eligible for the vaccine, you should get the vaccine and don't let someone shame you or don't let someone make you explain your health problem that's causing you to get the vaccine. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Because like, has the whole world fucking forgotten about HIPAA? Because nobody Correct. has to tell anybody else Correct. what is wrong with them. You don't have them. to tell anyone except for the people who you need to know. Um and also, a, a side tangent of that, some of the health things are stupid, um, like the BMI o- obesity one, but use it. You, you, like, if use the health it. system is yeah, going to use you, use it for yourself. Yeah. That's that's my advice. Exactly. Bingo. Thank you. I love that advice. Um, I also love that you slated before both pieces before of both, advice. Because they're both probably going to make it in there. And yeah, now I, just, we're I, just I, slated, to- I slated before both. <laughs> so now we're going to say, hi, I have... Michael Wachowiak two times. Twice. Two <laughs> Michael um, Wow, this has been so much fun. Michael, thank you for being here with us. Um, oh, you know what? One last thing I wanted I want to do also. Uh, do you have any projects or, or oh, things yes. that you would like to plug for, for the people listening? Oh, oh my God. No, I wish I had. I mean, I'll plug the podcast. You know, you can you can find us at That's Trash Pod on Twitter and Instagram and That's Trash with Michael Wachowiak um, on Facebook. But no, I, I don't think I... I'm trying to think of all of the things. I don't think I have anything. I'm going to try to put out merch soon and other fun things. So, <gasps> Oh, um, we can't wait. So oh my gosh. Look out for that. I, yeah, I wish I had more <laughs> um, exciting stuff, but I'm literally looking at a calendar and thinking if I'm doing anything. No. So, you know, um, just follow me if you if you enjoy the garbage you heard today. Yeah, we'll we'll link you. We'll link you in the description. Lovely. Thank you. We will. Absolutely. Michael, thank you again so much for doing this. This has just been so much fun. Thank um, you both. It was so much fun. Yeah. And folks, we thank you for listening. You already heard our advice. We're not going to repeat it, so don't make us. No, get out of our home. And never call us again. Goodbye. <laughs> 
Never have, call have you ever heard the quote from Whoopi Goldberg about why she won't marry again? She just says, I don't want somebody in my house.